the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. All right, you guys don't know it, but that's take two. I started recording, and uh, the, the software that I use, we use GarageBand to record this. Uh, the default has a metronome going on it, so I turned it on, and all of a sudden it was like metronome, tick tock, tick. And I was like, no, like keep up the pace. That's not what we want. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Dan would really appreciate that part of it. You know, move it along, Paul. Um, so we're going to start a uh, a series here. It's going to go on probably a little bit longer than twelve weeks because I'm. It's not going to be every single week because I've got a couple of things that are going to drop in between, and we've got holidays coming up. But between now and and through uh, January, we're going to be taking a look at the 12 steps because my main ministry that I do at the church here is Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step recovery program that is Christ-centered. And uh, I do it with some people that you've heard on the show before, uh, so they're going to be joining me. Uh, Andrew will be joining uh, to talk about some. And tonight I've got Giselle. Uh, So we haven't decided how we're going to split them all up, but... (laughs) Uh, originally it was going to be Andrew that you were hearing, but then I had a board meeting with Giselle and it was just easier to get it done this way. So here we are. Welcome, Giselle. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say welcome and I was like, not my show. <laughs> you know what? It's everybody's show. It's, it's the people's show. Uh, so anyhow, we're we're recording. It might be a little bit echoey because we're recording at the church where we had our board meeting and it's kind of a tall ceiling. So if you're getting echoes and, and weirdness, you know. I guess enjoy it because uh, it won't be here again, hopefully. Uh, but uh, it is just one of those messes that we turn into a message, I guess. So um, a couple of things. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you've heard this before. So you can jump forward if you want to push that little button and skip forward 30 or 60 seconds. You can. But I want to tell you about our social media that we do. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We uh, participate on Reddit under the uh, Messed Up Ministries moniker there. Uh, But we go out there, and the reason we do that is to try to make some noise and get people to notice. Uh, The whole idea of doing this show is not just so I could talk to Giselle, because I could do that without hitting record, but we want to be able to share these conversations with people and have people grow from our messes that turn into messages. And uh, so spreading the word is a really, really important thing for us so that more people can find the show, listen to the show, and participate. Uh, If you were listening to last week's show... Uh, that was a person who found the show and began listening and began participating. Uh, so that was show, uh, what was it? Show 131 with Neil. Um, so today is show uh, number 132. It's really hard for me. I'm, I'm working on a screen to the left and it's a big screen. So trying to find things, trying to, it's just, it's nuts. Uh, but uh, we want people to find the show. And so by sharing on social media, using that hashtag tune in Tuesday, uh, really helps. And if you could just put the link in every Tuesday on whatever social media you use, that would really, really be appreciated. Another way you can help out the show with very little effort and pretty much zero money is to give us a rating on um, the uh, podcast catcher that you're using, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this show. Just give us a, a, a rating uh, on there so that 
more people will find us. And if you really want to help out, writing a, a review, a quick review or a long review, uh, really helps. It shows the the little computers and algorithms that uh, give shows you know weight as people search for stuff. The more reviews that you have, the more positive ratings you have, the more that show is deemed as useful with the search terms that we use, which are things like recovery and Christianity and those type of things. So really would appreciate ratings and reviews from you people that are listening. I hate to say you people <laughs> from the dear <laughs> listeners. Uh, that would be great. A final way you can do it. We are 100% listener supported and uh, you can become a patron of the show and uh, give uh, on a monthly basis to help fund the show and make it so that I can afford to do these things because uh, it takes a lot of time and money and effort and I really appreciate all of you who do um, support the show. As little as $1 a month can help uh, get the show going and, and you can do that through our Patreon account. If you go to messedupministries.com <laughs> Sorry, it's just at my board meeting for Messed Up Ministries. Rewind that. If you go to messituppodcast.com there's a little button there that says become a patron you can click on that button and uh, you can join we have dollar a month memberships five dollar ten dollar uh, twenty five dollar memberships you get some swag you get a copy of my book uh, still in beta uh, either in paperback form or on your kindle or through uh, your um, apple books uh, if you just want to buy the book, you can go out and find it and all those things too. So check that out. Paul Pippin, still in beta. And I think that's all the, uh, the fronts. Oh, maybe we'll tell them about my uh, my email. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to you want to get a hold of me, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. And you can get a hold of intern Dave at info at messituppodcast.com. And um, if you've got an idea for the show, if you've got an idea for a song of the week that we do, or if you've got an idea like uh, this last uh, or the, the, this week, our, our word of the week was suggested by a listener, and the word of the week this week is interpolate. And interpolate is a really super fun word that I remember uh, hearing for the first time in oh, I must have been in algebra. Uh, but we talked about the uh, you know interpolation of things and, and what it is is when you insert something into something else. So you try to look and see where it would be kind of like an estimate or like a projection of something. Mm. Uh, you interpolate numbers or um, uh, or whatever. It's also it says here you can alter by insertion of new material. Uh, so and interpolate is. Uh, a fun word. So if you can use that word in a sentence this next week, uh, go for it. Give yourself... 50? 50. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say 12 because we're looking at 12 steps. But oh, 50. Yeah. You guys just thank Giselle for being here. She she upped it by a multiple of four. Uh, but uh, yeah, give yourself 50 bonus points every time you use that word interpolate in a sentence and uh, that'll, that'll get you going. Um, so Giselle, welcome back. Thank you. How you feeling? I was just like in my head being uh, thinking the entire time like I wish the Hamilton song 10 Dual Commandments was actually 12 because then we have that playing in the background. Oh, that would be epic. You were interpolating that, weren't you? Um, So we're here to talk about, you know, Suburb Recovery is a ministry that I do with Giselle uh, and Andrew and um, some other people. But it's something we do every Friday night and it's uh, an important part of our lives. It's really... You know, I always tell uh, people when they ask me, 
I had a pin in my pocket. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Squirrel. (laughs) Yeah, that uh, it saved my marriage with Bev, uh, being in Celebrate Recovery with her and doing that ministry with her. And it is a 12-step recovery program that's Christ-centered for hurts, hang-ups, and habits. It's not just for alcohol or just for cigarettes or just for drugs. Um, I uh, came into it uh, for an addiction to pornography and uh, I currently deal with uh, codependency issues. Uh, A lot of people deal with um, relational issues, anger. Um, I I know people who deal with it for gambling and for food issues. So it could be any any hurt or hang up Mm -hmm. or habit in our lives, we can deal with it using the 12 steps. And I thought, you know, it would be nice to do a series of shows where we just look at each step um, under a microscope. So, yeah. And I think one thing, I didn't realize the whole, um, you know, the order of hurts, hangups, and habits. Like, it has to be that order because during CR Summit, I think it was Johnny Baker was like, hurts turn into the habit or hang-ups and those hang-ups cause you to have habits yeah i was like oh mind blown thank you and it's hard for me because when i first started we all said hurts "Hurts, habits habits and hang-ups yeah it (laughs) flowed and so it's i always have to think about okay the order but it does make sense and that's the thing about about the 12 steps is it makes sense and a lot of people have a a, an aversion to 12 steps to say i don't want to deal with things and I don't want to dig into it and the past is the past and and that's you know up to each individual to decide but for me the 12 steps make a lot of sense and I always tell people when you're looking at leadership any leadership whether it's Christian leadership and the church or if it's just in your business these 12 steps make sense because just to kind of go over them real quick you begin by saying that there's a problem and you begin, you continue and say, I can't handle this on my own. I need to have help to do it. You have a higher power uh, to help you with that. And then you take a look and see, all right, what have I done wrong? What, what are the mistakes that I've made? Make a list of that. Take care of those mistakes, overcome them, apologize, and then find some focus in your life and keep doing this and then go out and help people. What could be wrong with that? That's the 12 steps, you know, in a nutshell. So what Celebrate Recovery has done, what separates us from other, you know, I always say blank A groups, you know, any kind of anonymous group is, first of all, we're 100% Christ-centered. If you're not using Christ as your higher power, it just doesn't work for us. You know, and I had a a friend when I first started CR that was a long time in another uh, secular uh, recovery group, and he said his higher power was the stars at night. And then he realized that those stars were God. And, and that his recovery really made a change when he accepted Christ in his life and started working that way. But, but that's one thing that sets us apart. Uh, the fact that we do any number of issues uh, also kind of sets us apart. And a lot of people see that as a drawback. Like, well, I want someone who you know, understands my drug use. Well, what we see is that the issue that people come into recovery for is oftentimes just a symptom. It's not, that's not what the issue is. The issue, yeah. like for me, I thought my issue was pornography. No, my issue was I had poor self-esteem and a lack of self-confidence and I medicated with pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you know we're not just treating symptoms we're trying to find out what the root of that is and so having a variety of people with a variety of issues really helps me to understand yeah. um, my issue better yeah and i think like another big thing that's that's a part that i never thought of until someone brought it up was they don't like going to like a or na because they're being like they have to introduce themselves by saying I'm a drug addict or I'm an alcoholic where we don't introduce ourselves that way. We're a child of God that struggles with drugs, alcohol, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah. our hurt, our hang up, our habit is not our identity. Our identity mm-hmm. is in Christ. And that is massive because we're acknowledging that there's a problem. It's not that we're just blowing that off, but our identity is in Christ. Yes. And and that's a huge thing. And you know, the thing I like about the, the twelve steps with CR is because we'll, we'll read them at a meeting. We'll read the step. But there's also a Bible verse that correlates to that step. So we're just going to go ahead and start off right now with um, step one for this week. We're going to be talking about it. And uh, I'm going to read the step. You want to read the verse or you want to read the verse or step and I'll read the verse? You, I'm following your lead. You oh, look at this step. girl. <laughs> All right. So step one in Celebrate Recovery. And they're virtually the same as, they're, they're based on the Alcoholics Anonymous original st- 12 steps. A couple of slight ver- uh, verbiage changes. But step one for Celebrate Recovery says, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives had become unmanageable. And that goes with Romans seven eighteen. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Yeah, and that's just, that's the whole thing. For me, it was so... Acknowledging out loud a problem used to be a problem for me. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, it's obvious that there's a problem, but I would just ignore it. Lesson one that we teach in our step studies and on a Friday night is denial. And mm-hmm. it's such a huge part of how I needed recovery. I was super good at denial. Like <laughs> really good. Like ostrich in the sand, denial. Like this isn't <laughs> happening. But my, you know, I love the movie um, Beverly Hills Cop. And at one point he sticks his fingers in your ear like la 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 la. I'm not listening, Jeffrey. I'm not listening. That's kind of like, like with me and this COVID thing. I was like, this isn't happening. We're not going to be in quarantine for six months, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't think it would be like this. I mean, I don't yeah. think a lot of people thought, you know, my mom said, oh, they're going to cancel the Olympics. I said, they're not going to cancel the <laughs> they Olympics. They can't. Come it's on. Like... Do you know how much money that thing makes? It's, no way would they do that. And well, sure enough, it, it happened. So uh, I got into celebrate recovery because I had gotten out of jail. I had all these problems socially because of the stigma of being a registered sex offender and getting asked to leave my church and starting a new church. And we went to this new church and I, we immediately went, started going to a Sunday school class because this was far enough back that they had Sunday school on Sunday mornings. Um, and so we joined a, an adult Sunday school class and the one of the people in our class was the guy who led this Celebrate Recovery ministry at the church where we were attending. I knew nothing about it, but I knew that this guy was uh, a former drug user and he looked the part. Mm-hmm. And um, 
after he heard my story on Thanksgiving uh, weekend, he's like, hey, you know, we've got this ministry. You've really, and I was like, get away from me, freak. I don't want this. Just leave me alone. I'm not a druggie. I'm not an alcoholic. I, I don't want to. And so I was one of those people who came to get someone off my back and I came to get Jim off my back. I was like, I'm going to go to your stupid meeting and then I'm going to tell you it's not for me. I went, I got better things to do with my life. And I found out I didn't have anything better to do with my life than get healthy. And that was in January of 2003. And here we are now in October of 2020 and still going strong. Wow. What, what got you to that point where you, well, first of all, just decided to come to a meeting? Well, first off, man, I think, well, obviously Andrew wanted to play piano. So like Paul was like, hey, we have something on Fridays. And it so happened that Friday was gonna there was going to be food. So I was like, oh, yeah, food, duh. <laughs> so, I mean, that wasn't like our come to Jesus moment about like CR and where we were supposed to be. But... I think we did feel drawn to it. And I think the biggest thing was me being nosy after one of your lessons. I mean, like, geez, what's this horrible thing that this guy did? So <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw yours and Bev's testimony and I was like, oh my God, that is so amazing. And like, that's when Andrew and I were like, man, like Paul and Bev were able to make it work and... Paul was able to, you know, get his life back together. It's like, man, maybe there's something else, you know, to this recovery thing. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, so I'm nosy. So that kind of like God used that to my advantage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I guess that was like a really hard time for me individually just because, Andrew, I felt like Andrew was going, um, you know, he was getting super involved in church and CR and stuff, and I just didn't feel good enough, and I just had to realize that I can't put all my eggs in one basket kind of thing, where Andrew, I think I was putting Andrew before God, like my husband before God, and I think that's when I realized I'm powerless over what Andrew does, but God will be with me forever. And when you guys started, you were newlyweds. Yeah. But you had been together. Like seven years. Yeah, <laughs> you've been dating each other since high school, right? Yes. Yeah, and you're not old, but still, you're, yeah. you know, it, a long, it's, it's not a short-term relationship that you've yeah. been in with Andrew. And the, the messy part is that, um, you know, uh, my family, like, we don't have a lot of happy marriages <laughs> mm. or good relationships even like among kids and stuff and then like andrew's you know luckily no one listens from andrew's family but you know it's no surprise that you know there's unhappy marriages in his family too and multiple marriages like not polygamy style right, right, but right. you know yeah. like second third fourth marriages yeah. <laughs> so um there was no example, I feel like. So, you know, I always thought negatively yeah. about relationships. But I read this book once, too, and it was like, 
this girl was going through the same thing I felt like I was going through where like oh there's all these like women in like leading worship and stuff and like in worship bands and she felt uncomfortable like she was like oh my husband's just gonna run off with someone better than me well he was in a, like a famous band like and um she was kind of uh, god spoke to her and was like why are you so worried like if he leaves you like i'm still here for you like mm. it shouldn't be an end-all be-all yeah if your husband leaves you i mean it's devastating right but god should be your number one yeah and that's i guess now i'm realizing that was kind of what i was working in my first steps yeah <laughs> Well, I'm going to pause this here. I'm going to throw it to our song of the week. And we're going to come back and talk about how we took that first step uh, yeah. after that. But right now, I was I was listening on the radio to a song. And uh, quite frequently, what I'm doing is I'm driving. I listen to a song, and I just shazam it. And it goes to my list. And I think, okay, I want to put this in for a song of the week. And this is one of those. It's a song by a guy named Matty Mullins. And the song is called No Hold On Me. And uh, I really liked it. I hope you like it. We'll be back on the other side of 90 seconds to uh, tell you our thoughts about it. So here's Maddie Mullins with No Hold On Me. The devil's got no hold on me. There you go, upbeat, happy, poppy, Maddie Mullins. Sounds real fun <laughs> with Maddie. And then as I go looking, you know, investigating this guy more, he's in a band called Memphis May Fire, which is like this metalcore band that does stuff. And it's just like, wow, would not expect this. It just seems like a yeah. different kind of a thing. Uh, but what, what what jumped out at you on this song here? Um, I guess the the first thing that I could definitely relate to is like the first things he say, says, says <laughs> the devil thought he had a hold of me. He told so many lies that I believed got too weak to carry on. Um, I just feel like I have such low self-esteem and it's always thanks to the devil because he always tells me like, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not, you know, um, I'm not a good enough mom or wife or whatever. And 
I, you know, I believe those lies and then I definitely could relate all the way to like I find victory when I let go. I hit my knees and mercy floods my soul. It's like, man, like when I just release control over my thoughts over to God and ask for wisdom and discernment and courage, like the devil just, you know, his voice is so much less like in my face mm -hmm. than, you know, than it was. And um, I guess I thought too, like I am, um, I was reading a book of like, you know, of tuning out those lies so you can have better self-confidence and stuff. And it's like, man, like if we just thought of like, is this truth in Jesus and what Jesus tells us? And it's like, some things are so ridiculous. Like, oh, um, it says to insert lie and then put in Jesus name. And it's mm. like, man, like if I just put like, oh, you're a horrible mom in Jesus name, you know, it just doesn't yeah, make sense doesn't with fit. God's yeah. truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and for me, the, the bridge right here, right now, this is the sound of freedom. Um, sing it loud, sing it out, sing it loud. The enemy has been defeated. That just, yeah, it speaks to, and we both deal with those self-esteem and self-worth issues. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the crack that Satan tries to get through. But I know that God shines light through the cracks and that's where the, the light comes into the darkness is where there's a crack. And yeah. um, so... Yeah, this was just, it was just a good little anthem. I thought, yeah, a room full of people singing this on a Friday night. I'd love, yeah. <laughs> love to get me uh, some of that. Um, so awesome. You know, we're talking about those self-worth issues and denial and stuff. So what, and this isn't exactly on the topic we were talking about, but I just wanted to poke this one a little bit to see how does it feel then to be, um, how, how do you, how do you justify or, or juxtapose poor self-esteem, not feeling good enough, worthy enough, but then like, okay, being on a hit podcast like this, you know, I mean, <laughs> what, what is that? When, when I, when I asked you, especially the first time I asked you, what, what were your thought processes on that? Um, Paul's tired of talking to himself on the podcast. So <laughs> I am the best he could get. But that is so funny because I do think like, you know, when I do, I, I think that Satan just uses people around me. Like when I spoke on Sunday for, um, for church, like I was like, wow, God used me. But then when I talked to a family member, it was like, oh, well, you were just doing like a testimony. So it wasn't really like teaching or anything, but I was like, why are you minimizing like yeah. what God did through me, you yeah. know? And um, I think that's just the thing. Like, you know, uh, even on our brightest times, like the devil's just there. Like, nope, you're not going to get too far away from me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you like know? That, that other shoe fall. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking before about um, step one and how we got into recovery, what did that look like for you when, because typically when we, you know, in, in summer recovery, you know, you can come on Friday nights, but then you get into a step study and you actually start working those steps and doing the lessons and talking about 
you know, your answers and, and really working that step. What was that like for you? First of all, just the initial deciding to go, was it like, okay, they keep on bugging me. I best guess I better do this. Or was there, a, how did that feel that, that first time working your steps? I was really excited just to like finally be like not having the stuff things because mm-hmm. I'm a stuffer yeah. until I explode and tell Andrew why he left dishes in the sink a month later, but you know, <laughs> like stuff like that. So I was just excited and you know, like I think it's like the first or second lesson you have to be like, okay, what's the family secret? Like that's one of the questions. Mm-hmm. And it was like things like that. I was like things that, my family would always be like, that's not appropriate to talk about. That's, you know, only crazy people, you know, right. go to therapy or all those things. And I was finally around others that that felt like, yeah, you need to talk about it. You only need crazy to. people don't. Yeah, right? Yeah. The opposite. So that was for me. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I was, you know, I, I had the blessing of having to go through some counseling for part of my probation uh agreement and so it's just like okay this looks like a great opportunity for me to do this and I came up with this idea that you've heard me say before on the show I'm sure and I know that you know uh, my one of my go-to phrases is that idiot mm-hmm. and I looked at the guy who became my sponsor I was like well if this idiot can do it <laughs> I can do it and I could see that it worked in him so why wouldn't I want to be better you know, I always want to be better mm-hmm. than I am or than I was. And so this is a great opportunity to get better and just looking at it and saying, okay, there's a problem. You know, there's there's stuff that's, you know, problematic in my life and and what am I going to do about it? And, and being powerless mm. to do that because for me, I always wanted to be in charge. I was a control freak and... Tell you what, if you if you ever want to lose control and power and feel like you've got no say in anything, go to jail and you'll find out how much power you've got. And then come home and have to be a registered offender and see how much power you have. It's like, look, boy, I don't care about your education. That's that's a really cute degree. You're not working for me because I don't want your kind here. Mm-hmm. And I, I had no identity. I, I was a teacher before. I was a coach before. I everything was gone now and I had no identity and I needed to find it. I was like, okay, I understood powerless at that point. Mm-hmm. I really understood. It's like, yeah, that's where I am. And um, because I had that desire to get better, that made it easier for me to do it. And I heard those same things from my parents, from family. It was like, you know, don't, we don't talk about that. You know, there's no sense in, in bringing up the past. Yeah. And I think to myself, if I've got an infection, I need to get it out. And sometimes you have to cut something open to lance a boil and, and get mm-hmm. the infection out. You don't want to just like part of it out. Like, okay, hey, good news. Yeah. We took out half of your cancer. Like, well, <laughs> go back, doc. Get the rest of it. I don't yeah. want any of it because it's not going to do me any good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are not good souvenirs. Yeah. And they'll grow into horrible things that will overcome and kill us. Yeah. Um did you ever for a slight second though feel like these people want to be my friends? I need friends. 
Like, I need someone to talk, like, be social with. You know, I don't think I processed it that way. But looking back, yeah, I needed acceptance. Mm. I needed a place where I could be. And, and honestly, that church that I went to when I, you know, had been asked to leave my previous church, they accepted me with such open, loving arms that it just, it felt good to bathe in that. And yeah, that's the thing that I hear from people is, you know, in, in recovery and especially when like going to celebrate recovery summit at Saddleback with thousands of people and getting high fives and hugs from people you don't know. It's just, it's amazing. And the whole idea of the forever family. Yeah. That's, that's what I needed. I needed a place where I didn't feel like, I mean, cause when I got home from jail, I felt like everybody was looking at me. I I, I kept my windows closed. I didn't want to go to Walmart. I didn't want to be seen in public because I didn't know who was going to punch me in the face or, or, you know, break windows and slash car tires um, again. And so it was, it was scary to be me. And I wasn't afraid to be me at CR. It was like, okay, you've got a problem. We've got a group for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's really an interesting point because I hadn't really processed it like that. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's... Because I, I do feel like we have a camaraderie. Camaraderie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to add a D and then I'm like, no. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, like even because like recently you went through, I feel like another round of that stuff, and I just felt like whenever we entered through the doors, it was like you got your back. <laughs> yeah, and and when so. stuff goes wrong now, I don't want to hide. I don't want to turtle mm-hmm. up. I want to be at Celebrate Recovery. There's been nights, and I don't know. You've probably been there because you've been coming long enough that you've seen when I've had like a night or a week or a day Mm -hmm. and I come and I just would sit on stage to teach my lesson and a lot of times I was teaching the lesson just to be but it's like I didn't want to run from people I wanted to be with my people yeah and and, and CR is my people you know that's my family and that's who I need to have around me when those things go wrong it's great when things are great yeah but when things go wrong that's where I really need to be is in a meeting on Friday night. And that's when you really know if you're turning everything over to God because I feel like, you know, I, like with the COVID thing, I was like, I have no power. It's driving me crazy. And it's like, well, yeah, duh, you're powerless. And it's like, oh, for a second there, I, I did think I had power, you yeah. know? But it's yeah. like, no, God's reminding us well, we and I are love that you know, the first question in lesson one is of a step study is uh, write all the things that you have control over parentheses be specific close parentheses and I remember the first time I wrote that I had pages of stuff I was so in control of so much stuff Giselle and then I realized oh wait a minute what do I have control over not a doggone thing mm-hmm. my reaction to stuff is about all and that's sometimes. I and by know. the way, we're here at okay. in their church and we're at a stop sign and there's some motorcycles that are coming and going. So apologize. Yeah. Not yeah, it's, it's not quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I even tried to be clever on some of the things I had a, uh, you know, control over and I was like, 
I don't even think I have control over that. Like, I was like, oh, I have control over, like, how people see me. I'm a good person. It's like, no, because you being good isn't always what people, others may think it are is what a good person does right <laughs> right yeah it's 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 not and, and those it all changes it's all matter and even what i think might change from day to day just depending on the day that i'm having mm-hmm. um so uh, speaking of changing from day to day i just uh, took a picture and if you go right now onto the uh the mess it up podcast instagram feed you'll get to see a picture of me taking a well it's not a picture maybe the picture i took of me and giselle recording this as it happened so this, you know this is yeah. a fun you know shared experience right there and if i did an awkward pause in the middle of my sentence it was because oh you did you are such a professional <laughs> you are such a professional uh if i ever die you'll be the one to to take the the mantle of the show up because you can keep it going and do all the talking like me but then people are gonna think that i killed you to get your show well there is that that's my insurance policy is i've got it out here yeah um so so, so what was hard uh was there anything that you found hard or easy about taking the first step or in doing, you know, this, this first step, the admitting that you're powerless and that our life has become unmanageable? I really, I think the biggest thing I've learned, especially this, this past year is just being powerless over the mistakes I do. Cause getting that feedback, Because it's like, well, I didn't mean to do that. Like, I didn't do that maliciously. And being able to accept that, like, I hurt someone. I, I don't know, like, does that make sense? Like, being powerless over just accepting feedback and accepting that, like, hearing someone say, I hurt you. Or you hurt me, you know? Yeah, and, and, and hearing it and not being defensive or hurt or whatever, just looking at it and saying, okay, this is a person who wants me to be better. This is a person who loves yeah. me, and they're saying what I don't want to hear. Because mm-hmm. it can be easy to find people who just say what you want to hear. Oh, yeah. And, but what good does that do? Because I can already tell myself what I want to hear. You know, no. that echo chamber just <laughs> winds up emperor's yeah. new clothes, and we're all standing around in our underwear. Mm-hmm. Which... And it's always horrible. When you lose a friend because they didn't tell you why or if you even hurt them. And then you find out like two years later, it's like, oh, that's why we're not friends anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not uh, always easy to, uh, to figure out. And we're passing notes back and forth here. It's really, it's, it's tricky. That's why there's pauses. <laughs> um, but I think for me... The, the easy or difficult part of it, I think my first uh, first time through a step study was easy because I was so excited about it. Um, doing it again was much more... I had to work at it a little bit harder the second mm-hmm. time around because my my knee jerk reaction was to just phone it in and you know copy the same answers you know ditto yes uh, and so to think about it differently and look at a different issue mm-hmm. after time because I I struggled with the pornography thing for years and then you know that's still 
an opening part of my introduction, but it's not a daily struggle for me anymore. And I'll never say I've conquered that Mm -hmm. because that's when the devil will hit me. But it's not the issue that I work on now. And to try to look at things in a different way, it became a little bit more work the second time around uh, to do it. And now, you know, 18 years down the road almost and, and several, you know, dozen step studies down the line, it's, that's, that yeah. for me, the hard part is, is getting back and doing that and keeping the fire going and stoking that fire and working the steps and not being lazy. Yeah. So, okay. So this is what I always struggle with. When January comes around and we're starting to learn, like, you know, go through lesson one, two, three, do you have a thought process on, okay, like I need to do a, a self inventory and be like, what do I need to work on this year? Or are you just like, hey, I'm good. When I, <laughs> when I start a step study, I always look and think, all right, what issue do I want to do? And have I, have I found victory over what I was dealing with the last step study? Mm-hmm. And there's always incremental victory for me that I have, but not necessarily enough that I'm ready to put that issue down and start a new issue. Um, but I look at that and I assess it each time. And hopefully I'm, I'm looking at that as I'm going through and doing like my 10th step and my daily inventory. But and when we start up a new step study at the beginning of the year, I do look at that. And then when I, when I go through it, and predominantly for my career in self-recovery, I've been the predominant teacher. Now I have a new lady who's coming in who's going to be doing a lot of teaching for me in 2021. That is cool lady. That would be you. Okay, I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Are you cheating on me? That was that was me <laughs> telling you, you passing the baton. Uh, but I look at the lesson every week that I do, and I've done these lessons several times. But I try to make it personal to that week, and I think that that's something that God has given me um, an ability to do is to look and say, how did this affect me this week? And I write a blog every week and I'm, and I do a podcast every week and, and I don't typically struggle on what am I going to write today? What am I going to say today? God keeps it. I think because I keep my recovery and I'm working my recovery all the time, it keeps it fresh for me. Um, and I didn't do that when I first started. I, Hmm. you know, like three, four years in, I'm like, check me out. (laughs) I have arrived, you know? Uh, yeah. But I know better than that now. I, I kind of can relate to that because I feel like I'm finally stepping out of that like n- newness, I guess. Like mm-hmm. the first two years, I was very like, I struggled with codependency. I struggled with codependency. Like that's what I struggled with. But I think this year I finally realized like codependency has so much more. Like, for example, like I just realized like I can't take criticism about well and it and I realized like that's part of my codependency too like I want to be like I did this out of the goodness of my heart to make you happy now you're telling me <laughs> I didn't make you happy and like what is wrong so I I guess like like instead of being like oh yeah codependency like jot it down like it's more so like okay like what things about me is making me <laughs> so codependent? <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. And it's it, that's the the beautiful part for me of a step study and of working the steps is that that realization, those light bulbs that come on. 
but it's the hard part. Mm-hmm. It's the painful part. It's yeah. the difficult Even work. Even like embarrassing. Can be. Yeah. Now, for me, embarrassment is a difficult thing because of my past. And I always tell people, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard to embarrass me. A lot of people have questions they want to ask me because of my past. And they, I can feel their hesitancy. I say, look, I've had correctional officers shine flashlights in places on me that don't typically need flashlights. <laughs> so you're not going to offend or embarrass me very easily. Um, but I know everybody doesn't have that luxury uh, of that. And, it's, and that's why it's good to be doing it with family, mm-hmm. uh, with people who are going to love you. Not going to necessarily approve of everything you do, but at the end of the day, I know that my my forever family is going to love me, and 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 care about me. And I know that the people that I've surrounded myself with in the past haven't been that way. So many of my friends disappeared after I got in trouble because they just didn't want to deal with it, and I, I don't fault them for that. But I know now the people that I surround myself with, I can't imagine the scenario that would make. Uh, Dan or Faith say you know what we're done with you Paul or Pastor Heather be like you know what take my number out of your phone because I don't need to hear from you again or you and Andrew or people at Celebrate Recovery I just can't imagine that I could do something so horrible you know short of murdering you know a child that would make me like we're done because Mm -hmm. I know that you guys love me that much and that's what family is to me now is, yeah. is that that unending, non-required love yeah. um, that's just there. I, 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 that's, that's what does it for me. That's why I keep coming back on Friday night after Friday night after Friday night, year after year after year. It's like January. Okay, lesson one. It's not like, oh, here we go, lesson one. It's like, yes. yes. One. We're back to lesson one, Powerless. and I can't can't wait to hear how you teach lesson one this year. It's gonna be great. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I see here that uh, one of the things that we don't do well talk. is talk short. Uh, this I did not even think we would talk close to this long. I was making but, up for last time I was here because I just woke up from a nap and I wasn't very talkative. Yeah. Well, we did it this time, so. Um, we're going to leave you uh, with this unless you have any parting shots, Giselle. Figure out what you're powerless over. Yeah. you know, Take a look at it. Don't, don't let the fear of growth stunt your growth. Yeah. You know, um, and, and let God be in charge. We heard in the uh, Pastor Aaron's sermon this week, he quoted Corey Ten Boom, and she said, you know, that people use God as... A spare tire instead of a steering wheel and God needs to be steering the car not just a patch to get you to the next thing that that spare tire is just a, a patch it's not forever God's forever the steering wheels forever yeah. and you know make recovery your life uh, if you're not sure how to get involved with uh, a local celebrate recovery group you can go to celebrate recovery um, group finder if you just google celebrate recovery group finder or group locator It'll show up there. You type in your uh, city or zip code and you can find them in your area. If you're remote like we are, you might not find one super close. Uh, But if you're in a metropolitan area, you will find dozens on multiple days of the week to to go to. So you can contact uh, your local Celebrate Recovery to get involved. Typically, people start in January with a new step uh, study. So January is coming upon us soon here. So 
I encourage you to do that. If you can't find one or if you're just not sure how to start, you can get a hold of me. My phone number is 760-608-1942. I got it for you a second. You looked at yeah. me like I knew you. Yeah. Uh, 760-608-1942. Give me a call or shoot me a text and I'll try to help you find a, a CR leader or CR group in your area. Or maybe you can start a new one. Uh, and I'm glad to help you start a CR at your local church. Um, you can reach me at bowtieguy@messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to do the rating and the review. Check us out on Patreon. Go to messituppodcast.com. Become a patron. And really, we survive because people uh, give us money. That's how this ministry is completely funded by generous uh, gifts uh, from people uh, just like yourself. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, we'll be back uh, to talk about step two uh, next week. So this will be a 12-part series. There's going to be some shows in between that uh, we catch uh, some different ideas. We'll have a Christmas show, a New Year's show, and a uh, Thanksgiving show for sure. Uh, but um, I want to get these 12 steps out of the way so you can learn a little bit more about it. If you've got questions, don't forget to email. And um, thanks for listening. I guess we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.